Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bring On The Reviews podcast, where if you want to review it. My name's DC, and the goal of this podcast is to bring you a ton of movie news, comic book news, and even some TV news as well. Today's the 82nd episode of the podcast. It's happening on October 31st. And for all you folks that celebrate Halloween, happy Halloween. So, in my thumbs up, thumbs down section, um, which is normally the first section I do in this podcast, I normally go over the things that are happening past week. Give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, all the way in the circle. So the first thing I have here is a couple of images from the DC um, TV show from CW. So the crossover that's happened this year, which some folks may know, some folks may not know. I've been talking about the last couple of weeks that um, DC has a, a crossover episode on the CW. And it just goes over the Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl. This year, no um, Legends of Tomorrow will be included in this one. So you have Batwoman in her actual um, costume. So Ruby Rose is playing Batwoman, and they have a image of her with um, one of the uh, producers, I believe. So it looks kind of semi cool, a little cool, but at the same time, it gives me uh, flashbacks of Batman Returns. Kind of, it, it's it feels not. No, I'm not. Not Batman Friends. Um, which one was it? Batman Robin. Yes, that one. Um, it gives me thoughts and images of that one there. Just because her her mask is kind of weird. It feels like the mask is shaped kind of oddly. And it should have been different. I thought it would be a little different in the way how it's shaped. But for what it was in the first original picture, um, I'm okay with that one. This one here, I, I probably have to wait until it actually gets on the screen. And then I see like an actual... A clip for passing by, which it looks like she's going to pop in with Supergirl. Because there's another picture where she's standing next to Supergirl. Where her costume looks okay as well. It's, for me, I got to see it on the screen. Because right now, the pictures look amazing from like marketing aspect. But then you see her in like actual pictures with people standing next to her. And it looks kind of weird. Just a tad bit. That alone is the reason why I'll give this one a, a thumbs middle. Just because I'm I'm not either sold on it or I'm turned off from it at all. Just because it's Ruby Rose. Her costume from the pictures looks good. And then it going to actual, like, real life. It just, well, real life. As much real life as possible. Um, it looks a little bit off for me just because the head part. The body part looks fine. Um, th- just the head part just... Something about that just looks a little off to me. I, I don't know. I, I kind of wish they had like a different kind of mask for her of sorts. Though this is as comic book accurate as you could get um, for the Batwoman character. So for me, thumbs middle until I see an actual trailer with her popping in. And hearing her in the actual role as well. Uh, I'm still on the fence for these pictures. It just, I don't know, something about it doesn't sit right with me. But... For the pictures, thumbs middle. The next thing I have here is an image of one of the villains from the crossover, which is going to be the Monitor. So this is a, a big um, DC villain that's going to be popping into the, the DC um, TV series. So it's kind of cool to see him there. It looks very, very costume accurate. Um, I'm going to give it a thumbs up just because it looks like they ripped it exactly from the comic book page. It, Everything falls in line with what he's supposed to look like. There's nothing that looks weird. Um, the head looks fine. Even the, like, the faux braids of sorts. I'm not really sure what those are. 
that gives a little bit of doubt for me, but at the same time, I haven't seen anything else besides this picture. I kind of want to see him when there's like someone else next to him and seeing exactly what, how he looks like. But from this picture alone, I just want a thumbs up just because he looks very comic book accurate. The book that's in his hand, funny enough, that looks like the same book that's in the hand of Superman in the black costume as well. So I'm guessing that's going to be like the Book of Evil or Book of Speed Force because it had Speed Force symbols in there too. So I kind of want to see exactly what happens in this crossover. It looks like it's going to be quite a bit of big stuff happening. And it makes me kind of happy inside to see what they have planned for this year. Just because last year felt a little bit underwhelming, kind of. Just because they included so much and they try to pack everything into all these four um, episodes. Which it did well for what it was trying to do. But I kind of feel that it should have concentrated more on like a single plot device of sorts. Which it didn't kind of. It went its way, but at the same time it was very, very shaky. So for this year, hopefully it looks very, very good. It's sad to see that um, Legends of Tomorrow won't be included, but that's fine by me. That's because all these characters, you don't have to include them anymore. Just have to be like, all right, go with Arrowverse um, characters that you know and love, which are from these three um, series, which should work out well. And the Clues of Superman is a good option just because you need that big, bigger bad to go against the folks that have superpowers. So yes. That one thumbs up just because it looks very, very good to me. The next thing I have here is a couple of news stories from the world. So the first one I'm going to talk about here is um, a Kingsman prequel that's going to be set um, to come out soon um, from Matthew Vaughn. So he's done the last past um, two of them. So the original Kingsman Secret Service and then the Golden Circle. So he's planning to do a a prequel movie to those two movies and also a um a third one as well which is kind of cool to see what he's going to make of this universe they're going to do a, a full kingsman universe there's going to be a t- kingsman tv show the series that comes out very very soon as well which is going to be all tied into one and he's actually trying to get brad pitt and rachel wise into the prequel itself so it sounds like he want Brad Pitt to pay Ratsbusen, oh, Ratsbusen, Ratsbusen, yes, Ratsbusen. I can't say his name properly. It's okay. Uh, I'll forward off from that. But I just want to play that character. And then for Rachel Wise, he wants to play the the mother of the main character for the prequel, which sounds cool. It, it sounds fine. It's just, it sounds over the top from what they're explaining here in this um, article. It sounds like they wanted to do a like Carmen San Diego kind of feel and vibe where you just go through time and a lot of craziness happens and that's all going to be linked into the Kingsman um, lore itself, which is fine by me just because the first one was good. The second one wasn't as bad, wasn't bad at all. So seeing the prequel and seeing how the Kingsman itself started, I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing what happened. If they go back to like the Merlin days, I, I would be oh, Merlin King Arthur days. I, I would be happy as well, just because you can see like the first ones. And if you see like if you make it like very very tongue in cheek, where you know King Arthur is actually in the the Kingsman and starts from there, I, I wouldn't mind at all, just because they've had the the lore in it from 
day one and it's it very it looks very, very cool it sounds very cool as well so i can't wait to see if he actually gets both brad pitt and rachel wise on the board for this movie just because the prequel looks well it really sounds like it's gonna be pretty cool and if it's anything like the first two movies then it should be great Hopefully you could um, capture the magic of the first one. Just because I feel like the second one, it didn't capture the magic as well as it should have. And it wasn't a bad movie at all. It's that I'll still rank the first one as the best one. And then the part two as a, a slight step down. So hopefully this prequel will make it where a slight step back up again. And make it like on par the first one. And brings the magic of it all. And I feel that... If they made, if they decided to change things around and make where Brad Pitt is the villain, I wouldn't mind that. Even if Rachel Wise was the villain, I wouldn't mind that as well. As long as you pick the right characters for them, then that'd be kind of cool. It'd be funny if they did like a, instead of doing what they want to do right now, it'd be funny if they put like a, a, a duo between those two right there and make it where they're the two big bads of the whole film. I would love to see that just because they're both amazing um, screen people, actors. Like I say, actors, yeah, actors, actors. Yes, we can keep actors. Yeah, they're both amazing actors. So I, I want to see what they'll have for these two people and how would this prequel um, pan out in the future. So this one thumbs up. Next thing over here is some. Interesting data from the Netflix um, series, Netflix Marvel series, Iron Fist and Luke Cage. So, a couple, well, last past two weeks I've been talking about um, each one being canceled. And a potential, you know, here's for hire kind of series that will make it better for them both. And I'm not sure if that's going to be the case at all. Uh, from this data that's been put out by, by Screen Rant... That got like um, exclusive rights to, well, not exclusive rights, exclusive viewing um, availability to the Netflix um, viewer numbers for these um, franchises themselves. It looks like they did horrible. Man, this is gonna be a little thought process on this. Um, these numbers are based on the amount of downloaded viewers, I believe, or watched viewers on devices. And I think it's in the millions that they're scaled in this on. So Daredevil Season 2 is supposed to be 100,000 million. I think that's what it is. Um, if the numbers are not proper on the million aspect, then that's fine. And then Luke Cage Season 1 was 92. And then Iron Fist Season 1 was 80. And then Luke Cage Season 2 was 38. And Iron Fist Season 2 was 29. So you can see it's going down, down, down. I want to see exactly what happens with Daredevil Season 3 and see their numbers as well. And also see the Punisher numbers too, which will will also make me see exactly what happens with that as well. Just because these numbers just gradually go down and then takes a, a huge dip from Luke Cage Season 1 to Season 2. Man, if these numbers are correct, then boy, that's a huge drop. It's... More than 60% drop, I believe it was, from Season 1 to Season 2 for Luke Cage 1 and 2, and then Iron Fist 1 and 2, which, it's very hard. It's it's very hard to justify coming out with a third season for both of them if your Season 1 and Season 2 numbers are just drastically different from each other. 
like seeing that heaves a drop, man. I'm I'm surprised they kept all 13 episodes and then say let's do six only and just cut our losses for the most part. So I, I can't see them doing a here's or higher based on these numbers, just because if these numbers are higher, instead if it was like instead of the original 92 and 80 and did like a like a 70 60, that wouldn't be as bad just because you know it's a small drop again, but that'll be potential for it if you bring them together. You can increase those numbers as much as possible. But to see that they're 38, 29, it, it looks like it's very, very low. And if they combine, then I'll say the most it gets like 50, which is still not good good numbers at all. So based on these numbers alone, I'm perfectly fine with them canceling both series. I guess there's too much for them to handle. If they concentrate alone on, you know, Daredevil and Punisher and also Jessica Jones, then that, that'll work as well. And have those characters just pop in. I can see them pop. I can see both these characters popping in quite well. If you put like um, Iron Fist on Daredevil and then put um, Luke Cage on Jessica Jones, I'll be perfectly fine. Um, I know they want to keep these characters, but to justify their own series is probably not likely just because these numbers dropped horribly. I can imagine season three being like 12 and 10. Which will still be horrible. And it's the realm of millions. It wouldn't be the worst. But at the same time. That's a huge drop. Like from what they first started. And then to what they are now. It's, it's too much of a, a drop for me to justify. A season 3 from either one of these seasons. So. Series are. Um, so in that aspect alone. I'm perfectly fine with this. Thumbs up. It's, it's justified. And. It sounds like here's a hire. It's not going to happen whatsoever, which, hey, it's okay. Uh, we have other stuff in the future. The next thing I have here is a, a interesting story as well. So the Disney streaming service is going to have a, a series in the works for um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So they're going to be combined together into one series, like a one-off series for themselves, um, which is kind of cool. I, I wouldn't mind this. This one to get thumbs up. And the reason I get thumbs up is because their chemistry in Civil War was such a strong chemistry that I wouldn't mind seeing both of them pop up in the series and see what they could pull off from each other. I'm just curious to see what stories will they bring out because in the Civil War series, them being secondary characters to Captain America, they brought a lot of... Um, comedic timing i just remember the the fight with them two and spider-man hilarious and then them in the car does them two just seem very, very cool but my thought process is how is this gonna work out well without having captain america in it at all so what would they what would they fight who would they fight and will that buddy cop thing kind of translate into greatness or just Maybe you should just keep them as characters that interact with Captain Rogers quite easily. That's because even if they do look very, very good for this one movie alone, can the series hold their own weights just on those two characters that had some, had some great chemistry, but at the same time, having such a great connecting piece that made them both so great. Um, so I'm not sure. 
so I'm still giving it a thumbs up because their chemistry is such an amazing thing, which I'm kind of like backtracking again, um, slowly but surely. It's, um, their chemistry is so great that it forces me to go from thumbs middle to thumbs up all the way just because I have faith for these two characters. And potentially, this series is going to show you who will be the better Captain America. Because I know Chris Evans is going to eventually stop playing um, Steve Rogers because, you know, reasons. And his contract is up right now, I believe. So I'm not sure if you will ever sign back again with them. Who knows? But if they do go through another person for Captain America, this could be a, a proven ground to see who's the better character, who should have the mantle of Captain America. And potentially, they could, you know, wean these people off of the 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 bigger MCU movies. Just because after a while, when you have so many superstars interacting with each other, you might need to, you know, separate as much as possible. So you don't have, like, big Avenger-like movies every single time you got bad. So for me, one, I, I'm okay with this one. And I give the thumbs up all the way. The next thing I have here is a... A movie that should have a lot of folks smiling. A lot of comic book folks, probably. Um, so, Attack on Titan is getting a movie, and it's going to be made by um, WB. Which a lot of folks might be kind of scared because of the whole um, DC, EU, um, the debacle and whatnot. But you shouldn't be scared at all, because the person who made the... or well, made. The person who directed the It movie is going to be slated to direct this Attack on Titan movie. Which... When you think about it, it's a perfect combination of folks coming together. Because the It movie had the same kind of filmed vibe as you want from Attack on Titan. You want to have it where this person is like semi-gore kind of related of sorts, but at the same time could show off action, which I feel like this director could do both quite well. When I saw the article and I was like, yeah, I can see this. It, it just... It, it speaks to me. It really does. This here, this combination of the Attack on Titan movie being developed and also them bringing the It director here, this works out well. If you remember It, spoiler alert for all folks who didn't watch the It movie, I'll give you like a second or two. Alright, that's, that's enough. So if you haven't watched the movie, then there's a scene in It where he has the the main lady character, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's up in the sky and his mouth comes up, opens up, and he's about to, like, eat her, but she wasn't scared of him, so he didn't eat her at all. So, that scene there spells to me Attack on Titan. So, the scene, and the scene this this news article come out, I'm like, yeah, this is perfect fit for them. Uh, I can't wait to see what they actually bring to the table and see how they bring everything proper. Because I know the last couple of movies that came out for these comic book um, series wasn't the greatest. I know the Death Note series that's on Netflix, horrible. The um, Full Metal Alchemist series on Netflix, horrible. So hopefully, and I think the Bleach one, I didn't watch the Bleach one, Ble- Ble- the Bleach one, but I've heard bad things about that too. So hopefully this one does well. And I think there's a Naruto one, live action, but I think that one's like a musical of sorts, which... It, I think it was geared towards like the funny aspect, which I didn't mind. Um, so seeing this Attack on Titan one, hopefully you do well. WB 
isn't the worst when making movies. I just want to see this one done properly. I want to see it. Um, and it could be comic, ac- comic book accurate, but as long as you have it, you know, with the essence of what it should be and keep it um, where it's believable of sorts, so it doesn't look like CGI fest, then I'm perfectly fine with this one. Um, there's things you could make happen with this. You really could. And if this one gets done, then potentially you might see like a Seven Deadly Sins, which is a great series, by the way. You should definitely watch it. It's one of the series that could lend a good hand to this series as well. So hopefully this live-action Attack on Titan movie is well-received and definitely looks good. So we could bring on multiple um, series from comic books. So... I can't wait to see this. So this one's a thumbs up. So I have a couple of trailers here. The first trailer being um, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, official trailer 2. So the first trailer definitely bring the feels. The second trailer dived in a little bit more into the the lore of what's going to happen for this last movie. And it looks good. It really does look good. I give it a thumbs up. It's one of those things where it didn't give away too much of the um, the story. It did go a little bit more from what the first one did, which is what you need to do when you do a trailer, is pander to the thought process of your fans and also not give away too much, which I feel like it it gave away just enough to where I still want to see more, and at the same time, I know kind of where things will end up happening. It feels like um, the, the Night Fury going along with the Light Fury and then the human characters go by themselves. That, that's what it feels like is going to happen. And they're going to split ways at the end of the movie. I, I, don't, I don't think at the end of the movie they're going to all stay together. I feel like this is the, the turning point where it's like, there's a dragon world and all the dragons go there and live. And then eventually humans will visit that place. But I feel like they're going to separate everyone off and say, all right, this is the end. We're going to say goodbye to each other and sort, and sort, sorts, sort, sorts. <laughs> but yes, um... This trailer here definitely was a great watch. I feel that I really am going to enjoy this movie when it comes out, and I can't wait to see more from it, really. No, no more trailers, though, but I want to see more of the actual movie itself. So for me, thumbs up for this trailer for How to Train Your Dragon um, Hidden World number two. The next trailer I have here, sorry, is um, Cold Pursuit. So it's a Liam Neeson trailer, um... Liam Neeson trailer, Liam Neeson movie. So he's doing this typical action trope. Um, he feels like he's channeling his best Clint Eastwood um, impersonation, which for me isn't bad. Um, I don't mind at all. It feels like the normal um, bang bang shoot 'em up kind of movie. Which if you do, if you do it right, then you should have uh, movie gold on your hands. Uh, it reminds me of Hunter Killer when that trailer came out. When I'm like, all right, this is not going to be a great um, movie. But at the same time, I feel that if you do it properly, then it'll just pander to who's supposed to pander, which is um, fans of action movies. And, and sometimes you just need a movie just to keep you entertained and just put out the best action as much as possible. So this is what it feels like with this movie here. I'm not sure if it captured the whole um, taken aspect of it. I don't, I don't think it does, but it does have a big enough vibe to where you can watch this movie and 
feel like you'll be you'll be happy watching it, and you won't be pissed off watching it at all. And hopefully, it's not like Liam Neeson's other movies because there's a couple movies where it just falls flat. Um, the the movie where it's on the train, I can't remember the top name of the movie itself, but there's a train movie that he's in that doesn't really speak out to me. It, it wasn't the worst movie, but at the same time, he could have did better without it. And then um, the gray movie is good. So this falls on the lines of the gray movie mixed in with this um, Ronald Knight, which wasn't that great at all. So mix those two together, and you have this movie, which it feels like it's going to be a decent run, and I won't be too angry, and I won't be too upset. So, so based on this trail alone, it looks like it's going to be a fun ride that you need to leave your brain at home, and then just go watch the movie and say, all right, this should be a a slobber knock of a film, and it feels like it's going to be like a Expendables 3, where it's like, watch it, don't really have too much of a thought process when you're watching it, just go there to just have popcorn, and just see as much action as possible. So that's how I think about when I'm seeing this trailer, and if you take it that kind of way, then it seems very, very good, so I give it a thumbs up. So my next section here is come to theaters. So every week there's a couple of movies that come out in theaters and I rank it from um, interested to I'll pass. So if you go on the actual um, podcast page on my website, you'll see the trailers that are attached to these movies. So this week there are three movies coming out. The first one being Bohemian Rhapsody, which is the story of Queen, the, the big mega group of Queen. So it has that story and... The main character, Freddie Mercury, is going to be kind of like the the star of everything of sorts. Um, He's not the only person in the band, but they are concentrating on his character quite closely. And what I've heard from this one, I haven't heard too much good stuff, which is sad and unfortunate. Just because their songs are so amazing. So for me, I guess I'm going to semi-pass based on the trailers alone. The first trailer did justice for me. The second trailer, not as much, just because it started to be very, very muddled when watching it, and didn't hit as hard as the first one did. The first one, it swung for the fence, and it hit a home run. The second trailer, it just feels like it, it, it tried to go for the home run again, but then it just swung and clipped it very, very closely, which is not a good thing you want to do for this kind of movie. As I mentioned when I first saw this trailer, I mentioned that it should do something like the Straight Outta Compton movie and do a homage of sorts and then keep it going. But I feel like it it didn't do that and it kind of strayed from what it should have done. So for me, I give this one a semi-pass. The next movie that's coming out is Nobody's Fool, which I'm kind of interested in seeing this movie. I really am. Um, Just seeing Tiffany Haddish and seeing her comedy come out there and Whoopi Goldberg's playing a mother, and the interaction between them both just seems very, very cool and very, very genuine. So, just on that fact alone, and also the the catfish fact, um, I want to see exactly who is the person that the sister is talking to, and see if the person matches up to what her thought process is about her boyfriend. So, I can't wait to see exactly who is this person, And, and that's what your trailer should do. So based on trailers, it lets you know that it should be very, very funny. And you should also um, wonder who is the person that's catfishing her. So I can't wait to see it. I guess this one quite interested. 
Um, yes, for sure. Then the last movie I have, have here is The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. This one I'm actually quite interested to see as well. Um, just seeing Morgan Freeman and his voiceover experiences is very, very cool. And the story of the Nutcracker looks very awesome. This one remind me of the um, the Cat and not Cat and Hat, no, not not Cat and Hat. Um, what's the movie with uh, Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> Came to my mind right now. Alice in Wonderland. It reminded me of that one, but a better version of Alice in Wonderland, which is saying quite a bit of things. So I can't wait to see this one and see how good it looks on screen and how they bring the four realms together and what exactly happens from point A to point B. Because I have a, a slight thought process of what happens, but at the same time, the trails didn't give away too much and it looks like it would be like a good like adventure film, which I'm a fan of adventure films. So I want to see what happens and I want to see what where it takes us. And yeah, that's basically it. So, um, that's all I have for this episode. Um, you can find us on all social medias. On Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, YouTube, iTunes, at Bring On Reviews. You can find us on Twitter, at Bring On Reviews. No, the not one. You can use the hashtag Bring On Reviews for any comments, personal reviews, and suggestions you might have. You can even visit the website, which is bringonreviews.com for any movie reviews and even this podcast as well. If you love watching TV shows enjoy watching movies. Therefore, you should definitely put your voice out there and start writing some reviews. If you want to write from reviews for this website, please email me at info at bringonreviews.com and use the subject line, I want to join the review team. Um, besides that, you can also send in any questions and inquiries you might have to that same email address as well. Do find me on social media, on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. At Dwight Ant C. That's D W I G H T A N T C. Again, that's D W I G H T A N T C. Or if you want to email me directly, you can email me at dc at bringonorreviews.com. And we'll catch your reviewers next time.